Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. So good to be here today. I welcome all of you as you are joining. Today is a beautiful day. I just heard a wonderful, uh, I don't know the quote exactly because I'm not good at remembering quotes. That's why I write them down. But on the news just a few minutes ago, um, someone was saying that the great thing about life is every day you get to experience it again, fresh. And the death is like happening once, if you believe that, that once is when your life ends. But every day that you wake up, wow, it's another day to rejoice. It's another day to be grateful for the opportunity to engage, to reset, to do over, if you've got something you need to fix, to move forward. And we just need to recognize that there's beauty in that. Every single day that we wake up, there's beauty in being able to take a breath and move forward. And so I hope that you do that. I hope that this is something that you think about when you wake up that you acknowledge and honor the day because it's not promised. My mother used to always say, tomorrow is not promised, so you better enjoy the day that you're in. It is so true. So welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. And, you know, I was thinking, what should we be contemplating as we move into the fall? Because whenever the seasons change, and that's what's happening now, when the seasons change, this is a time, if you live in an area where there are seasons, you put away the wardrobe for one season, you take out the wardrobe for the next. Uh, you might even have transition pieces, just a light sweater that you wear with some of your summer pieces. But the change in wardrobe can be an indicator of change in a bigger way. What is the change that you're looking to make in your life? And are you ready to do it? Have you contemplated it? Have you determined, ah, this is what I need to be doing for myself right now. And I need to push forward and make it happen. Do you do that? I think that some people do and some people sort of stumble into the moment. Oh yes, today I got up and just did my day without contemplating what am I supposed to be doing? How am I intending to move forward? And on the one hand, it takes a lot of focus and effort in order to keep an idea, a project, a concept moving forward. On the other hand, it takes a tremendous amount of patience to stick with it when it takes longer than you imagined for whatever it is to manifest or to grow. Patience is incredibly important and sometimes very difficult for people to exercise because we live in a now culture. And thanks to these devices, these smartphones, we actually believe that we should be able to contact someone in a second and to have a response within a second, 
we expect everything to happen immediately. That is the culture that we are currently living in. And yet, if you look at your life, you know that that is not true. Things do not happen instantly. A phone call might, not every time, but a phone call might. But there's so many other things, especially the things that we are looking to grow and cultivate in our lives that take time, that take focused effort and time in order to manifest. You know, I tell the story often that when I was 12 years old, I fully knew that I was interested in two things, writing and fashion. I don't remember what happened that made me choose those things. I I can't recall a particular incident that occurred. I do know that both of my parents were very um, into fashion and style. And so I was surrounded by style. I also know that I was the tallest, skinniest one. And my mother used to make my clothes forever because they didn't have like elastic waist pants and stuff when I was growing up. So in order for the pants to be narrow enough, uh, they were really short. For them to be long enough, they were really wide. And so my mother made my clothes. When I dreamed, longed for fabulous fashion that would fit me, because at the time, in my awkward stage, nothing fit. I knew that I loved writing, but I can't tell you exactly what happened. Because I think about this, I ask people all the time, was there a pivotal moment that opened the door for you? I can't recall exactly what happened. What I can tell you is that, and this might be hard to believe, when I was little, I was kind of shy. I um, I was I was quiet. When I was around other people, I was often quiet. Not with my family, but around other people. And I, because I was awkward in my skin, I think that attracted people to tease me a lot. And so I definitely uh, had a period where I felt that I was the object of a lot of people's jokes and and that was very uncomfortable for me. And so I took to writing as sort of my safety space. I took to school, school work as a place where I could be safe and flourish. And honestly, I, I remember that I became a good writer at a very young age in part because that was my, my safe space. I could retreat to that. And I have talked to other people who have told me that their sources of discomfort have often been um, the spark for something incredible and, and, and expansive that has happened in their lives. Well, for me, I think as I'm thinking about it, as I'm talking to you, I know it was fashion and writing. And I think that my awkwardness is what drove me to really dig deeper in those spaces. So by the time I was 13, I was invited to be a model in a church fashion show, I think. And suddenly the world opened in a different way for me. I was the tallest, skinniest one, like I said. And suddenly the clothes, the samples made by actual fashion designers fit me because they are 
cut very lean and long. Suddenly I went from the lovely clothes that my mother made for me, but they were clothes my mother made for me, to fashion designers clothes. And it completely changed my uh, self-perception because now I had on these beautiful flowing uh, women's clothes, even though I was 13 years old. And I could participate in fashion shows that were really kind of fantastical. And it felt like acting. So even though when speaking, I was shy and quiet, on stage I was performing. And ultimately, I have created a career based upon the written and spoken word and presentation. What I do is to teach people how to present themselves well. What I do, it, it's inner work and outer work. And I, my first main, my first job in my career interest was at Essence Magazine, and I wanted, I moved to New York because I wanted to work in fashion. And yes, there's a reason I'm telling the story. It's about patience. I knew that I wanted to work in fashion. I applied for jobs, two jobs at two different publications. I was offered both jobs. One was at Essence and one was at another publication. Neither job was in fashion. I didn't get offered a job in fashion. And I took the job in lifestyle at Essence because at least it was a foot in the door. Because I had experience in fashion, I've been modeling um, since I was 13, when I was at Howard University, I modeled, I paid attention. So I knew a lot of what went on behind the scenes in, in terms of putting looks together. I learned that from my mother and my father, but then also from being immersed in the fashion world. And so what I did at my job in the lifestyle department, which I ran after a couple of years, was to take all of the skill and knowledge that I had and apply it there. So we produced photo shoots all the time for people who we were featuring in the magazine. But in the lifestyle department, we didn't hire stylists, the people who dress the folks who are going to be featured. So I became a stylist. I knew how to style looks so that they were fantastic on the people. And so even when we traveled all over the world, I remember we were in the Ivory Coast in West Africa. And we were photographing many women in leadership. And we went to their houses. And on occasion, because of the season or whatever it might have been, um, it, it occurred to me that I could support them by helping them to refine the looks that they were, that had put on. And they let me go in their closets and help them to pick the perfect look that would be great for Essence. Why am I telling you this? Because I used all the skills that I had developed over time, even though I wasn't in the fashion department, but I brought my fashion understanding and knowledge and, and fashion sense to my work. And seven years later, from the time I started at Essence, seven years later, Susan Taylor, the editor-in-chief, invited me to be the fashion editor. Can I say patience? <laughs> now, I didn't expect that that job was ever gonna be my job. I used my talents because they were needed and I had them. Susan saw what I had done and when the fashion editor had been there for like 17 years, when she left, Susan invited me to take the job. 
patience. I knew from age 12 that I wanted to be a writer. When I was really young, I was writing poetry and short stories and hiding them in a shoebox in my closet because I told you I was kind of shy. So I wasn't, didn't want to share them. I didn't know if they were good enough. When I was hired at Essence, I did write immediately. And I did study English in college. But I had it in my spirit that I was going to write books. Can I tell you that the first book that I wrote was 20 years later? When I was 32 years old, I published my first book. I never stopped writing, though. I went from the poems and short stories that were in my closet to articles for Essence to features for Essence. First, there were short articles, then there were features. And I had the opportunity to write a book, and I did. And subsequently, I've written seven books. I've published seven books so far. But 20 years before I wrote the first one, from when I knew I wanted to, patience patience, still putting the effort forward. Now, I had that dream when I was young. I mean, it was a waking dream, but I knew. I remember it so well. I knew I was interested in writing and fashion from a very young age. And over the years, there have been other dreams that I've had, and I write them down. Sometimes they're literal dreams. Sometimes they're daydreams. They're moments of inspiration that come in meditation. But whatever they are, I look to capture them and write them down and then keep them front of mind. Because the reality is patience doesn't mean well, you just put it aside and, hey, maybe one day it'll happen. You have to work at your dreams in order to make them happen. And you have to have patience to understand your dreams are not going to manifest overnight. If you talk to successful people, and I do all the time, you will discover that what might seem like, oh my gosh, that person just popped onto the scene and look at what happened. No, almost always that person worked really hard. Almost always that person had many failures before leading to the successful moment. Now, those don't end up needing to be the story. That Not unless you're doing an in-depth research report about someone and their journey. But if you talk to them, you will discover that almost everyone has to push hard, has to focus, has to put all their energy into whatever it is that they want to accomplish and be patient too. Trust that if they keep working at it, that something great is going to happen. I just interviewed four out of seven playwrights, seven black playwrights, who will be debuting work at Broadway as Broadway reopens right now. It's historic. There have never before been seven plays by and about black life to be on Broadway at the same time. I had the opportunity to interview four of them um, just recently. And as I asked them about their projects, and three of these playwrights have never been on Broadway before. Well, one play was written more than 10 years ago and refined and refined and refined until it reached the point where it is today. And 
it's ready to make its debut. Another was written in 2015. This is 2021 we're in. It was written in 2015, was workshopped because that's what many people do with projects before they um, bring them to a large stage. And based on knowing people and having a project ready, it finally reached Broadway, and finally. What I mean is that's a whole bunch of years in between the idea being born into an actual script to having it debut on Broadway. When you read about these writers in the short articles, it sounds like, oh, where'd they come from? Suddenly, here are these young people who have plays on Broadway. How did that happen? It happened because of hard work. It happened because of focus and patience. Now, one of the patient people, a man named Douglas Lyons, who wrote a play called Chicken and Biscuits, said for him what patience looked like was incredible persistence and doggedness. He said he, he almost described himself as a pest. He said using social media, he constantly reached out to producers to say, I have a project that I want you to consider. I have this project. Let me send it to you. Can we have a meeting? When can we have a meeting? Please don't forget about me. I've got a project that's worth your knowing about. He was so persistent until he was heard, until his play was read, and he got a green light. And he, he said that the best advice he got as a child was from his parents. And his father told him, go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? That you get a no? I thought that that was such good advice and I'm sharing it with you because sometimes, very often, we can feel afraid to put ourselves out there, to present our work to others. We can feel shy, like I described how I felt that I was as a young girl. I spoke very quietly and you couldn't hear me. I know that's probably hard to believe because I make my living a lot as a speaker now. It took time, it took focus, it took effort in order for me to break through that shy, shyness. Well, I wanna to say to you, Douglas Lyons is such a great example of persistence and courage. He said, okay, people are gonna keep telling me no until somebody says yes. All I need is one person to say yes, just one. And he got that one person to say yes. And he has a play opening on Broadway in a few days. Patience and persistence. Let me tell you the quote that I found. There are a lot of really, really great ones. Here's one. Success requires both urgency and patience. Be urgent about making the effort and patient about seeing the results. This is from Ralph Marston. Let me read it to you again. Success requires both urgency and patience. Be urgent about making the effort and patient about seeing the results. Urgent about making the effort. Go for it. That's what Douglas Lyon said. He was relentless and patient about seeing the results. I'll give you another example. A young woman who is 
a mentee of mine, a dear friend, I call her my, uh, to her mother. I said, she's my, she's, she's my New York daughter. I have a daughter, but to her mother, so that I'm sharing her in that sense. You may know her. Her name is Elaine Welteroth. She worked with me. I gave her her first job at Ebony Magazine, and she's gone on to do so many incredible things, including running Team Vogue, including currently being on Project Runway as a judge, I think, for the third season. Uh, she was on uh, The Talk last season. She's doing incredible things. And she goes all around the country telling people our story. And that is, she was persistent. She called my office so many times to get a conversation with me, a 15-minute conversation. And I was incredibly busy. This is when I was at Ebony and we had a small staff and we were looking to transform the publication, which we did. But I didn't have time to talk to people. So my assistant was very um, protective of me. And so she didn't even give me the message for a long time. There's some young woman who keeps calling you. And finally she did. And I agreed to talk to her for 15 minutes. 15 minutes turned into 30 minutes. And I was so taken with her that I invited her to be my intern. And later she became the beauty editor for Ebony. And she worked with me there for a while and then has gone on to make an incredible career for herself. But she says that she stalked me. That's how she describes it. And I think that's probably true in a sweet way, but she was persistent. She was persistent. She had read something that I had written. She looked me up and thought, I wanna have a career like Harriet's. And so she wanted to meet me and talk to me and it worked. Now stalking per se is not something I wanna recommend, but being persistent certainly is something that I wanna recommend. You have to come correct, you have to be ready with your idea, you have to have a refined idea that you're ready to offer to whoever you are pursuing or whatever you're pursuing. You have to be ready. You have to be so good that when the door opens, the one on the other side of the door is welcoming you in because you came correct, because you came on point, because you were ready. If you come sloppy, you come without confidence, if you come unkempt, if your project is riddled with errors, if your communication style is unclear, it's not going to work. You have to come correct. You have to be so refined in whatever the idea is that you are developing, that you are offering, you have to be, you have to wrap it up in a way that it is so appealing that what's going to happen is those on the other side of that door can't wait to support you. They can't wait to help you. This is why, by the way, I do the work that I do uh, in coaching people on how to tell their story. You can be incredible at whatever you have learned in school, whatever you have refined in the workspace or in your entrepreneurial endeavors. 
But if you don't know how to talk about it, you often are not going to be successful. Everyone needs to become a good storyteller. Even if you didn't think that that was your area of interest at all, you could be a doctor. But think about it. Don't doctors need to be good storytellers? Yes. They need to be able to tell stories to their patients, to calm them down. They need to be able to coax stories out of their patients in order to understand what's happening to them. Think about a scientist. A scientist, in order to get grants to do research and to discover like the cure for the coronavirus or the vaccination anyhow, they have to be able to tell that story, not just do the actual experiments. You have to tell the story too. No matter what your field is, you could be an engineer, you could be an artist. I work with many artists and actors and CEOs and students, teaching them how to tell their story. Why? Because when you become a good storyteller, you are able to welcome people into your world and have them welcome you into theirs. People want to help others when they understand who they are, when they understand what their areas of interest are, when they understand where they're headed and what they want. So you have to be a clear communicator. You have to be charismatic and patient. So you can be persistent. You should be persistent, but you have to be patient. So Elaine, what if she gave up? She called me once and I didn't answer and oh well. Who knows what would have happened for her? What if Douglas Lyons put a note on social media to this manager, excuse me, um, producer once and the producer didn't see it or didn't respond and that was that. Oh, I guess I'm not gonna have a play. Persistence and patience. And why you need patience with persistence is you could get annoyed. If someone hasn't responded to you after a really long period of time, it's so easy to get annoyed. Well, why won't they respond to me? You could get indignant. Why aren't they responding to me? I'm worth a response. What good did that ever get you? I don't think that gets you anywhere. It, to, to be annoyed, it doesn't mean that you couldn't feel some annoyance inside, but I want to say that if you show annoyance, that can repel people, not welcome people. So you have to find it within yourself to stay calm, to stay positive, and when the opportunity presents itself, to seize that opportunity with grace, with joy, with a sense of possibility. You know, I saw a former client, someone I worked with in 2016, did a lot of work with this client, and then it just ended. And, and then people who had been important in this company left and I didn't really have a contact. But this woman was like the woman in charge and I didn't know her well, so I didn't, you know, just hadn't seen her in a long time. I saw her the other day and I've always wanted to work with them again. It's a great company and we had a lot of alignment. 
but we felt out of touch. Now, when we saw each other, it was after a speaking engagement that I had had, so it was a great moment for me. This woman had seen me at the speaking engagement and liked what she saw. She came running up to me, oh, Harriet, I haven't seen you in so long. How did we fall out of touch? I remember how, not so much how she and I fell out of touch, but the company just decided not to move forward with the project. I want you to know that when that happened, it hurt my feelings a little bit, even though it was completely not personal. The project ended, not just my involvement, but I was a little sad when it ended. Was that something to recall in that moment? This woman said to me, oh my goodness, she ran up to me, mask on, and hugged me. I haven't seen you in so long. How do we fall out of touch? Let's get back together. We'd love to work with you again. Being in the moment was so important there because this was a new moment. This was an opportunity. This was a coming together. And it we left on very positive terms, but because it ended, sometimes when things end, you can feel a particular way about it. Right, But one of the things that I often say is that endings are more important than beginnings. How you end things is so important because there are reverberations, whether you realize it or not. If you end a relationship <coughs> of any kind, work, family, love, if you end it poorly, chances are you're not going to forget. If you didn't treat someone well, if you didn't close loose ends, chances are you aren't going to forget and they aren't going to forget. If you end well with grace, chances are people will remember that. Chances are, like what happened with me and this woman, when you see each other, it's like a family reunion. It's wonderful. And perhaps then opportunity comes. Now, patience and persistence remain important. I have been persistent in pursuing the type of work that I do today. And so I was doing it when we came in touch with each other. She saw me in action and said, wow, we want her back the persistence of pursuing my dreams. How about you? Ask yourself, are you persistent in pursuing your dreams? Are you patient and persistent? The patience is it may not come when you want it. Seven years before I became fashion editor, 20 years before I published my first book. I had a dream that I had a business probably, I want to say about six years before I did, I can't, a long time before I started my business, I had a dream that I did. Things do not usually happen in the time span that you give for them. It just, life isn't really like that. And so have the dream, write it down, work toward it, be persistent and be patient. Even if it doesn't happen on the timeline that you created, that doesn't mean it won't happen. 
If you're persistent, that's when there's a chance for it to happen. Give yourself that chance. And I want to share with you that I'm creating an opportunity for all of us to be together so that we can work on our dreams. I'm having the very first Dream Leapers virtual retreat, which is called What's Next? Because that's the question that so many of us have on our hearts. What am I supposed to be doing? What's next? We've been home, it feels like almost two years. We're venturing out just now. What's next for me? What does my heart tell me I'm supposed to be doing? What am I to pursue? Is it something I'm working on now that I wanna take to the next level? Is it something that I have yet to discover? What's next? And so on Saturday, October 16th, and I expanded it, it's now three hours, from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern, I will be hosting the Dream Le first ever Dream Leapers virtual retreat, What's Next? I have all kinds of professionals, experts, speakers coming to provide input, and this is an interactive activity. So you'll be able to ask questions after the speakers make their presentation. We are going from a guided meditation, because you know how much I appreciate that, to articulating our dreams, to learning about marketing our dreams, creating community to support the development of our dreams, talking to a psychiatrist about what is standing in the way of us pursuing our dreams, how to market, how to finance, how to finance. There are going to be, I believe, three experts helping us to understand how we can get the financial resources that we need to make our dreams come true. And each of the people doing the finance is somebody who can provide financing, who can write a check. So you need to come and listen and learn from those people. I will have people who've pivoted from a very low point to a point of success so that you'll be able to see yourself in the speakers. You'll be able to harvest a lot of wisdom to help you determine what's next for you and how you can move forward. And thanks to the generosity of Toyota, this is a free event. That's right. Dream Leapers, Retreat, What's Next, free. Saturday, October 16th from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can go to my website, harrietcole.com, to sign up. And please share this with your friends. Everybody can join because it's going to be online. You just have to tune in just like you are now on Saturday, October 16th. So I hope you'll join me. And please remember patience. I'm going to tell you one more time the quote, success requires both urgency and patience. Be urgent about making the effort and patient about seeing the results. And that's from Ralph Marston. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you are inspired to have that sense of urgency and be patient about getting the results. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.